yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good time to have you on though, bro. I just started training like a couple weeks ago. Did you really train jujitsu? Yeah, I just started a couple oh, weeks ago. Oh, let's go. Nice. Just, just because I had a couple talked to a couple people and um you know, I've been in like fitness for like a couple years now. Yeah. And um one thing I've noticed with all the MMA guys who I talked to was like the community around it. Yeah. And like I mean, I've just heard nothing but good things, man. And for sure, it's yeah. Been, it's been a great experience though, bro. Like the energy um, just everybody who who trains, it's it's definitely yeah. it's hard to like come across that mm-hmm. in other in, in like in day to day life, you know. What yeah, I mean? exactly. I so. mean, there's a couple of jackalopes, but it, by uh, by and large, it's a lot of really cool people. And yeah. I think part of it's because your ego gets checked so much, and especially when you're at, like a new beginning, like you're like, oh fuck, like I'm yeah. getting beat up all the time, and yeah. so you either have to just leave that ego alone and just you know try to become a better jujitsu player or you know whatever it is but in jujitsu you just gotta get, try to get better and that's how you overcome it or you know some people somehow maintain that ego throughout but uh i think it is the the few it's mo- by and large most people you meet through it are pretty cool yeah bro that's that's a good point you brought up the ego thing i think is a huge thing for sure yeah it's like it's kind of funny you would think like when you the more you like do it and mm-hmm. become kind of like a badass fighter you would yeah. think that your ego would be like higher and stuff yeah the opposite. Yeah. 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 It's, exactly. It's interesting, bro. And I think yeah. for me, like subconsciously, I, I've wanted to do it for a little while now. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, it's like that ego. It's like, oh, I know. Like, I think I'm this fit guy and stuff yeah. like that. And I don't want to like go in there and, and just get my ass kicked. You yeah, know? exactly. You got to yeah. kind of get over that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because then once you can get past that and get good, like you really start developing skills and it becomes really fun. Yeah, bro. But it is interesting, like the point you made about you think the more badass you get, like the bigger ego your ego would become. But there's like a quote that like the master has failed more times than the student has attempted. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you've, you know, I've been tapped out thousands of times, thousands yeah. for sure. But like now I'm at a posi- I'm, I'm at a point where, you know, if you tap me out, you got to be pretty fucking good. So, yeah. so what, what got you started in it, bro? I know you've, I mean, you got like a lot going on mm-hmm. around the jujitsu world. So what, yeah. what kind of got you started with it, man? Originally with jujitsu? Yeah. Well, so like I did football, I did football all four years of high school and that was kind of. You know, I love football, and then after I graduated from high school, I started doing uh, boxing for a little bit. Okay. I boxed for, like, two years. I really liked that a lot, too, but there was just, like, a, puck, a couple particular events that happened that made me want to step away from it a little bit. And actually, it wasn't even that. It was really more transitioning, like, going to college. Once I started going to college, then it took up so much of my time, and to become a good boxer, especially if you're sparring regularly, and my cardio just naturally is pretty horrible. So if I'm not in the gym, like, five, six days a week, my cardio is so bad that, like, I would, uh, you know, puke after training or puke after just sparring, like, really short sessions. And so I kind of gravitated away from it. And then I was getting a little chubby. I was like, uh, I started going for runs. I was like lifting weights. And for me personally, I just, I, I've got about a month or two of lifting weights in me. And then I'm just kind of burnt out. Burnt out. Yeah. I'm just like showing up to the gym, yacked on pre workout and just not wanting to do anything still. Yeah. And so I was uh, living in Tempe at the time. I, there was a, a really big jujitsu gym right across the street from me, Gustavus Dantas. He's like one of the biggest, uh, I think he's got like 45 black belts under him or, or something in, in Arizona. Not that they all live in Arizona, but he's given 45 or more even maybe by now. Um, I started training at that that place and just, you know, fell in love with it. Like, uh, I trained there for about six months. A good friend of mine uh, who I had only trained with maybe two months or so prior, a few years earlier, opened up his own gym, Issa Abel. He's a real good friend of mine. I, I saw he opened up his own gym, and at the time I was, like, transitioning where I was living. His was a little bit closer, and so I started training under him. And then, you know, I loved his vibe and sort of a lot of things about everything that he was going through. 
um, as far as he was st- also starting a new business. I was like one of maybe five original members or something. Okay. You know, it, when you first start a gym, it's with no one. Obviously, you don't have like a following already. So, and I was also in a similar point in my like real estate career as far as I was just starting and getting going. And I stuck with him. And not only that, I was like sticking with him. I just fucking love jujitsu. Man, he's got a badass jujitsu game too. Really? So um, learning under him was sick. And then I've just been doing it sort of nonstop since. Um, I saw a video that you posted on Instagram. I, now that you brought up his name, I saw yeah. that video of that dude walking in his gym. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about that? Well. I showed my parents it, too. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah. It's pretty crazy, honestly. Like, it was – the guy is just wildly disrespectful to – it basically was like some guy came into the gym and was like, hey, you know, um, I'm thinking about training under you, but I just can't train under anyone that I can beat. And uh, he says, like, well, don't worry, man. That's not the case. You know, if you want to set up, like, a free trial class, we could come in. You could get with our white belt program. He's like, well, I just can't train under anyone I could beat. And he's like, well, don't worry about it. That's not the case. And he's like, well, I'll I'll come back when there's more people here and challenge you then. And he's like, if you want to roll, we can roll right now. Mm. And so the guy takes off his shirt. He's in jeans. We, like, film it. Issa taps him out twice and then kicks him out. And uh, he posted at a few different places, and it starts going viral. And unfortunately, you know, like one of them, like I think on TikTok, started getting like a million views in 24 hours. It just blew up, right? It absolutely blew up. And there was all these people who have never trained before, didn't understand how wildly disrespectful it is in the first place just to come into a gym and challenge someone. I mean, if you really think that you can beat him, like there's a better way to go around that. Like maybe you just sign up and then, you know, you'll roll with him eventually or, so, you know, or try the free week. They, they, he offers a free week. And there was a lot of people who just were completely ignorant to how disrespectful it was. And Issa got maybe a little emotional, too. He, like, kicked him out. He was a little angry that this even happened. And he's human. This was not a planned event by any means. And uh, because of that, a lot of people fucking went to his business page and started leaving him one-star reviews. And, I mean, he's got, I think, 125-star reviews. And then overnight, there was, like, seven one-star reviews all from this video. So he actually deleted it everywhere just because yeah. it's just not worth it. And from people who just don't understand what's going on to, you know, do that. And the, one, the Google reviews can really hurt a business, too. For sure, bro. Yeah, especially yeah. in today's world with technology and everything like that. But Yeah. So – how long have you been training for? Uh, about seven years. I think January was seven years for me. So okay. maybe seven and a half or February 3rd was seven years. What would you say is like some of the biggest things that you've learned from this journey of like becoming a brown belt? From jujitsu? Yeah. You're pretty close to becoming a black belt. So I mean, yeah. what would yeah. you say like are some of the biggest things you've taken away from it? Mm, honestly, there's so many things. Like I love jujitsu for so many different reasons. Uh, you know. It's hard to even put in, like, say, a top couple three. I mean, one is just a fantastic way to stay in shape. Like, I, I love it. Uh, like I said, I can't stay motivated to, to lift weights at all. So this is something that it's self-motivating. Like, it's constantly engaging and communal and meditative. And, like, you can kind of express yourself through your jujitsu. And it's just amazing in so many different ways. And subsequently, you get a really great workout. So that's cool. It's also, you know, just the warrior's path of, like, having other brothers who are going out and competing regularly, too. Like, putting it on the line and and sending it is a really cool aspect of it because – you know, you could be a badass in your gym or maybe beat your, beat your like, friends up. But once you actually go put it on the line and do it in front of people, it makes, a, it, makes it a whole different experience. And so having other brothers in war that are, like, absolutely sending it with you is just fucking sick. 
and um yeah i don't know there's a million things that that i love about it yeah bro i'm, I'm glad i uh kind of have started the past couple of weeks and i'm, I'm really yeah. looking forward to continuing this journey yeah um, i think you're gonna like it a lot one of the cool things i think that's cool about it is and i've heard other people talk about this but you can go like hard with it and yes you, like to the point where you might even get choked out but you're not gonna get you know yeah. super fucked up you know yes like, exactly whereas boxing yes. i mean that's kind of one of the i did a little bit of boxing like a little bit of training um mm -hmm. like a couple of years ago but to me, it was like the risk and rewards of it. Yes. Kind of, I don't know. I had to consider if I'm not going to make this a, a career, is it really worth like getting into? Exactly. Um, but that's yeah. one of the things I, I like about jujitsu as far for as sure. that. Like you can train super hard. Yeah, you don't it's really... a great point for sure. Because yeah. like, I, and don't get me wrong, like I love like Muay Thai and striking, boxing, all of it. It's just if you want to get really good at it, you also got to get hit a lot. And like you said, if you're not trying to do it for your career, it's the risk versus reward. Is it like worth it? Like I love watching it. MMA is like probably the only sport that I really follow very closely. And I, I love, I'm a big fan of the sport, but as far as practicing um, long-term or regularly, or at least competing in it, it's just not for me because, um, so like actually to the point, I mentioned when I boxed for a while, I uh, like certain events kind of turned me away from it. One of them was, like I'd been training for I think about like a year and a half at this point we did like a really heavy sparring session and uh we finish I go to take off my shoes and the shoes like go up to your fucking like ankle so I'm, I'm like unlacing it or up to your calves I'm like unlacing all my laces taking some time and I'm thinking like there's someone I need to like call right now there's like a, a person in my life I had a girlfriend at the time and I'm like going through I'm like what the fuck like there's someone in my life that's like pretty important and I'm like thinking, and I couldn't remember her name or like who she was at all. And about 10 minutes went by and I was like, oh fuck. Like I, I remember, I, it just blew my mind that I completely forgot who my girlfriend was. Yeah. And after that, I was like, fuck, that's a big deal. I need to like maybe not do this <laughs> as <laughs> much. Funny. Yeah. So did you take a couple shots like before that, like when you were training? Is that you think that's probably what? during sparring? I mean, you just naturally take some shots. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you can even piece someone up, but if you take one or two, even like it could be. And also, too, at the gym I train with, we would, you know, it's not like we were perfectly matched up as far as weights. It was just all the guys who were training hard and wanting to get better. So there's this one guy I would spar with all the time. I was probably like 170-ish at the time or 175 maybe if I was eating a lot. And this guy I would spar with regularly. He was probably 205, 210 or something, just a real big guy. And, like, dude, he would hit you, and all of a sudden I'd be like – it's like waking up from a dream. Like you forget you're like in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like oh yeah, I'm here again. And then uh, and then keep going. So damn man. Yeah. Um, I was gonna I was gonna ask you something. Oh yeah. Like you brought you brought this up a little bit, but mm -hmm. as far as like jujitsu kind of being like a, a path of initiation. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that like when you look at online, like all the hate that that like you see online and mm -hmm. just little shit like that. I feel like if everybody had to take jujitsu or had to like learn mm. jujitsu, yeah, a lot of that shit would kind of go away. Oh, for sure. It's like, I don't know. We live in a society with social media now. It kind of takes over everything. Yeah. That like, there's just a lot of hate out there. Yeah. And it's like that hate wouldn't be there if if we were all face to face all the time yes. and had to like do things like jujitsu yeah. and stuff like that. So, what do you think of jujitsu on like a societal level? Like, how can it like help society? I feel like personally, mm -hmm. just if everybody had to like become a trained martial yeah. artist in some degree, I feel like a lot of that would go away. You know that'd what I mean? That'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I, I, that'd be amazing. But at the same time, it, I don't think it's for everyone. Also, there yeah. are people who truly get into it and don't like love it. But, um, if, as far as how it could help society out is 
I think police officers should be mandatory. Like that should be a mandatory part of their weekly work. So I think 20% of their day, whether that's like an hour or an hour and a half of every work, eight hour work day should be training jujitsu. If that's five days a week, they're going to get really good at that. That's a way that they're stay in shape. That's a way that they'll be able to be confident in themselves and confident in nonviolent control of people. Because if people are, uh, are incapable of nonviolent control of someone, or if a police officer is incapable of nonviolent control, then they have to resort to violent methods of control. And that's like a gun or a taser or a, a baton or whatever it is. But if you can just, you know, foot sweep, knee on belly, wait this out, I mean, that's a very like socially acceptable way to handle someone who's popping off. And it's like it doesn't put anyone's life in risk. Like if, I don't know how many videos there are out there of one guy just popping off, swinging at, at, at officers, and it takes like four of them to try to get them down, and none of them are able to. I mean, that's just crazy. That should not be the case. And also, there's, I don't think there's anything I respect less than like a 450-pound police officer. You know, maybe there's things I respect less, but, <laughs> but you know, it's something that like you're supposed to be able to protect people. How are you going to protect anyone if you like get out of breath getting out of your car? Yeah. You know, that shouldn't be the case at all. Yeah, 100%. I like how you brought that up. That's something I've also thought about, too, is like, you know, if I if, if I did come across a situation where I had to defend myself mm-hmm. and like I thought about what I would do. And that's one of the things that's cool about jujitsu is you can basically take somebody down and yeah. defend yourself without knocking them out. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Because it's like if you did come across that situation where you had to defend yourself and you don't know jujitsu, you don't know any grappling, and sure. you just either knock them out or you get beat up yourself. It's yeah. Like none of those options are. Yeah. Those, those are not good options. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So. For sure. And what's interesting, too, is that like most fights happen because both guys are sort of like. Uh, not confident in their own physical capabilities and so it's this almost like test of insecurity that like gets to this real high level and like both of them are freaking out and then all of a sudden something happens when usually how a fight starts is one guy one insecure guy pops off at the mouth says yells at someone and then the other guy also feels a certain way and so comes back but in the events that he's doing to someone who's actually like a trained fighter or a dangerous human if someone pops off at me I'll be like what do you you know, yeah. it's like it like just you often uh, a good show of confidence actually deescalates the situation. It's like, well, if you want to do it, we can. And then the guy's like, well, wait, fuck, maybe that wouldn't go well for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so good. usually that actually deescalates it. So it's interesting. The more capable you become, the less likely you, you actually are to get into altercations with yeah, people. That's a great point, bro. I, uh, I was watching a video. I don't know. Who, it was just on YouTube, but it was like a basic demonstration of jujitsu mm-hmm. this past couple of weeks. And they were saying how if you did get in a fight with somebody like on the street, the mm-hmm. best person you would want to fight is like a really highly trained grappler. Yeah. They, they would just put you to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. As far as, yeah, like, yeah, that would, it, rather than someone going to head kick you and like, you know, knock your teeth out or something. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it would not, not be ideal. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Butter Smooth, man. I, I know you, yeah. had a really, you had a really cool IG that I checked out. Oh, thank you. Um, what kind of got you started with that as far as like the content and the IG yeah. and all that stuff? And I, I know you got a couple things going on, so mm-hmm. we can kind of transition into that. I'm kind of yeah. interested, interested to hear about that, man. For sure. So I started the Instagram page called Butter Smooth Moves because I was training with my buddy Jeff, and we were just – it was like a Saturday morning class, and we were talking about, I think, some, uh, some like, jiu-jitsu event that happened or a particular match. And in conversation, I was like, damn, those were some butter smooth moves. And I was like, 
that'd be a sick Instagram page. Yeah. <laughs> and so actually, like, I secretly created it. I didn't really even tell anyone. I just did it and started posting, like, stuff that I thought was butter smooth. And originally, it was all just uh, jujitsu content mostly. Uh, but, you know, anything I saw that was butter smooth, I would sort of repost and, and do stuff with it. And then one post went absolutely viral uh, like within a few weeks or almost a month it got 16 million views over a million likes uh, like a few hundred thousand comments and so it grew this page that had zero followers initially up to like all the way at the peak it went to like 17 or 18 thousand after like a after the the post kind of went off the followers went back down a little bit but i was left with an account that had like 13 or 14,000 followers and so now it was like a little bit of a respectable account and yeah, so yeah. now i'm like doing things like i was I'd, my buddy greg uh from control physical therapy he's a great guy he's a, one of the best physical therapists in arizona in my opinion but he posted something and i was like i don't know, i i threw the butter smooth account i like reposted it and i was like i don't know who this guy is but this is some butter smooth content and he commented or just like went in my DMs. So I was like, hey, man, that's cool. Thank you for reposting. We, I saw you're uh, into jujitsu. We probably know each other through the jujitsu community. I was like, Greg, this is Joey. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. And so, so I did. He's just a buddy of yours. Yeah, he's just a good friend of mine. That's yeah. Funny. And so uh, I did a couple things, like funny things like that. And then I just started telling people it was me. And I've been just posting like fun stuff with it uh, ever since. And it's also. Yeah, I've just been having a ton of fun with it. And then it sort of evolved into this uh, jiu-jitsu competition that I started where I, I pulled from the Buttersmooth name and did the <clears throat> did the competition. And so it's also partly that, but the page is mostly just anything I see that's Buttersmooth, and I use it to sort of promote my events now. So what's, uh, what's up with, like, the competitions and stuff? I checked it out on uh, – is it, like, a YouTube or something like that? But you got, yep. some, you got some competitions that you do? Yeah. How, did, how does that work, man? Yeah, so I just started it. We did the very first one. Uh, I think it was May 20th. It's, like, coming up on a month ago. Uh, that was the very first event of uh, of the kind. I've just basically I saw space in the jujitsu competition scene to improve, and I wanted to just you know test to see if I could improve on it. Yeah. So like what my competition is is in my opinion it's the best rule set. Uh, that's going to be the most exciting for the competitors, most exciting for the spectators. And I'm offering money for the guys who win it, too. So hopefully, eventually, I'll be able to, you know, help support athletes throughout their jujitsu journey, too. Because right now in the jujitsu scene, there's so much interest in the sport, but very, very few avenues for anyone to make money doing it. Yeah. Like, the only avenues to make money in martial arts right now, usually, basically any martial arts, is like MMA. And that's not everyone's path, and there's guys who are fucking insanely good at jiu-jitsu that uh, may... Because there's difference. There's sport jiu-jitsu, and then there's, like, MMA jiu-jitsu, <laughs> which is different, too. So there's a lot of techniques in jiu-jitsu that aren't applicable in a real fight because it's, like, sport jiu-jitsu, which, you know it's a fun part of it. It's a fun part of grappling. And, you know, there's certain, uh, like, deep half, for example, it's a guard that probably doesn't work in 90% of uh, altercations, but, like, guys have done it, it to sweep people in the MMA. So all of it can be useful in a real fight, but a lot of it uh, you just wouldn't necessarily focus on. And so there's guys who become, like, deep half experts in jiu-jitsu. And so they're really good at this particular position that isn't necessarily good for MMA. So my point being is that there isn't – maybe those type of people wouldn't necessarily want to even transition to MMA. They like the sport aspect of it more. 
And so like what I'm trying to do with this is like for one, just put on sick competitions that's fun for the competitors and for the spectators and two, hopefully provide a platform where the athletes can get paid just from doing jujitsu. Yeah, that's that's super sick, bro. I definitely think if you could provide more of an opportunity for people to actually make make a living doing it. Yeah. That, that'd be super cool, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was some of like the highlights with your first competition? Yeah, Did well, you have so, any like cool submissions? Or yeah, anything for like that? sure. Yeah, yeah, I had some sick ones. I actually just posted one today. Uh, this guy Alex Sachs, he trains out of Otto's headquarters, which Otto's is one of the best jujitsu gyms or one of the most prestigious, at least in the world, that you could train at. He trains there full time, but is only here for two months. I think for his sister or something. I met him through an open mat uh, that I go to usually every Friday. John Van Buren in in Chandler. He's a, also a great guy. If you're in Chandler, that's a great place to train um i met him through there and he started or he signed up for the competition he hit a twister which do you know what a twister is no, I don't. so it's one of the most difficult submissions to hit in jujitsu just even in training let alone to do it in a competition it's a super sick, sick submission it's basically it's a spine it's a attack on the spine and so what it does is it turns your lower body like one direction and turns your upper body the other direction oh, yeah and it's sick to hit off, to pull <laughs> off so he pulled off one of those that was that was really cool yeah that's cool how does it work like as far as setting up the competitions like do you have to find a place to do it at and how, yes. how does all that work yeah well so it's been a lot of just sort of figuring it out as as it comes along i actually ordered the mats before i knew where i was going to host it and <clears throat> i've i ended up finding a place that is amazing it's perfect for it and uh, we just i just actually met with the venue host again we've figured out a second date like we're set that so hopefully we'll be able to continue to like make it uh good for both parties and like they'll help me they'll you know continue to allow me to to host it there but that uh yeah basically you just find a venue you fucking create a rule set create a bracket and try to get people to sign up and the rule set's like the biggest thing for for you yeah well so yeah well so that's like that's kind of one of the reasons that i started it is that like the rule sets in jujitsu a lot of them suck in my opinion like points most of them most of the most prestigious tournaments are point based so you get awarded points for particular positional advantages or positional uh you know for taking someone down for passing their guard for mounting them you're awarded points for this but uh which is it makes sense as far as the like if you were to score certain positional advancements it makes sense how they've scored it but how it actually plays out is that it makes athletes really hesitant to pull the trigger and it makes athletes who get two points initially say you got a takedown it's two points now you're up two zero there's six minutes left in the match but i'm just gonna stall because i've got probably five or six matches after this and i want to just get my two points and win the match and then continue to the next one and keep going and going so it makes it for a really boring match for the spectator yeah i've heard i've heard of that before um a couple of people who i listen to I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but they were saying how like one of the negatives of jujitsu is it's mm-hmm. not like as exciting yeah. to watch as yeah. some of these other martial arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... it can not be exciting, but I think a lot of it has to do with rule sets. Like these point rule sets make it for. And don't get me wrong, there's really fun matches that happen in in like IBJJF, which is a point one, or especially ADCC, which is actually a combination of sub only and a point tournament. There's extremely exciting matches that happen for it, but I think it's because of the athletes, not necessarily because of the rule set. I think the rule set actually is non-conducive to exciting matches and exciting matches happen to happen anyways right yeah have you have you done any like high any uh competitions any like uh myself high, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've, i compete fairly regularly what like are, I've, what are some of the ones you've done mm, so like i've competed at ibjjf a number of times i've competed like i don't know i've probably done uh i'd say probably a total of 
70 to 100 tournaments before. Damn. Yeah, maybe more. I'm not sure. Damn. Yeah. Have but, you ever, like, gotten uh, choked out at a... At a oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel, like, after that? Like, Sucks. How do you kind of, like, rebound after that, you know? Mm, so if I, you... I, I've been training for a couple of weeks, but I haven't mm. gotten choked out yet. So, oh, okay, like, nice. You, oh, it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> not, like, not, like, fully choked out, you know what I mean? Yeah. How oh, you... you mean unconscious? Yeah. Oh, I've never been unconscious. Okay, yeah. No? yeah, yeah, I've never went unconscious. Okay. Yeah, okay. because it's if you go unconscious, you're just refusing to tap. So I've just, I've tapped out, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I think uh, I think jujitsu is definitely something that a lot of people should do. Um, for sure. Like for me, man, I, I've been like I said, I've been really involved in fitness and I do a little bit of like personal training and stuff. But mm. I think there's an aspect of jujitsu that you can't really get from just hitting the gym by yourself. For sure. As far as like that one on one competition. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't really mm -hmm. get that when you're just like lifting weights or on yes. a run. There's like yeah. an aspect of it that you don't really get. For sure. One of the things that I, I noticed um, after a couple of training sessions in the morning mm -hmm. is I felt so good the rest of the day. Mm, nice. After after training, bro, I think yeah. part of that is is doing something like super hard in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Then, have you have you noticed that like with jujitsu and like out like outside outside of jujitsu Outside of jujitsu, mm -hmm. sure, you know just doing tough, tough things in the morning. Yeah, talk and a then, little bit about that, bro. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, I mean, um, so actually, my mornings are pretty chill. Like, I, as far as working out, I would love to do workouts in the mornings, but more so, I, I work out every evening. It's okay. just, it's just my routine. And then Saturday, Sunday, I'll do like a morning open mat. Yeah. So, but yeah, like Saturday, Sundays, it's just a great way to start the day too, because like I wake up early, I always do it fasted. I like to have this tough workout in the morning and then the rest of my day is like, is gravy. It's just going good. Yeah. Yeah. Butter it's, smooth. it's butter smooth, <laughs> baby. Hell yeah. Have you, uh, have you thought about doing any like clothing with, uh, the butter smooth? So I've got a little bit, so I've got like these shirts, okay, it's got yeah. my logo on the back. I got these hats and stuff. And, uh, and then I just designed like a new shirt that I'm going to start selling here too. I've got some sweatpants and a sweater and stuff too. I'll just, anything I'll, I'll as I come up with more cool ideals, I'll start making like more apparel for it. Yeah, you should bro. I, one of the, mm -hmm. one of the guys who I had on, he does like geese and stuff. Oh, nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So you should, you should try that out. That'd be really cool, man. Yeah. I, I made a no gi training gear like a year ago or so before I even had the, the fight club or anything. But uh, I sold through that, and I'd like to do it more. I just want to come with, like, cool stuff, and I want it to be really good quality, too. That's another thing when you – most of the suppliers for the for the gear that will make customizable stuff, the actual quality of the gear isn't the best. And so if I do sell something, I want it to be really good quality. Like, you would like the quality of the stuff regardless of what it says on it. So that's really important to me. So until I find a really good supplier, I probably won't do that again. What's your opinion um, as far as no-gi versus gi? Because I've heard people talk about yeah. both both sides, and I don't really. I'm, I'm obviously still new, so I don't really mm -hmm. know. But what do you, what do, what is your opinion on it? Because I've heard people say, um, like in a street fight, mm -hmm. gi is actually more applicable. Yeah, but I don't know. What's your opinion on on the I, comparison? I think uh, no gi is the superior practice. Yeah, yeah. And so people say that because everyone's wearing clothes, but like neither of us are wearing lapels right now. Yeah. So you know, um, and I'm I'm wearing shorts, so you're not going to grab my pants at all. So and if we were to get a, in a fight on the beach, you know, that's not going to. The biggest thing for me is that like in no gi, if you're you, the biggest difference is grips versus no grips. So in gi, it's very grip intensive. So you're constantly breaking grips and establishing grips and Grips meaning like grabbing onto the clothing, whether that's the big lapels or the sleeves or the uh, the like near the pants, the knees, the hips, something that you're you're grabbing the actual clothing, and. Uh, in nogi, you're more establishing grips on the person, whether that's like a collar tie gripping the back of the neck, or you're gripping the actual wrist, or you're gripping the actual ankle, or you're grabbing the actual knees. And so uh, you're not gripping any clothing, you're like gripping the person, essentially. 
And so what happens most is that no-gi guys that transition into gi can do it very pretty typically pretty well even if they're a strictly nogi guy they just have to learn to break grips a lot more but they're used to grabbing the person in ways that work whether you're wearing clothes or not gi guys who who train strictly in the gi and transition to nogi often have a bit of a difficult transition because if you're not wearing a sleeve that I can grab anymore now you have to figure out how to grab the wrist or if they're not wearing the collar you have to figure out how to establish a collar tie instead of uh, grabbing the actual collar so there is like a transitionary period where in nogi like whether you're wearing a sleeve or not I can grab your wrist you know whether you're wearing pants or not I can grab your actual ankle like it's I can still use all my nogi techniques in the gi Mm -hmm. in the gi uh, you can't use all gi techniques nogi so gotcha yeah um, do you train more gi or no gi no you know, gi? our gym is about 50 50 but like anytime i have the choice like an open mat or something i'll train no gi okay gotcha have you seen uh have you seen mark zuckerberg at all training yeah there? he's yeah. like uh, been in a competition lately too yeah. that's yeah. pretty sick i mean for a fucking i don't i mean he's kind of a weird lizard person yeah. but like <laughs> as far as like he's a billionaire sending it at a white belt competition like fucking good for him yeah, that's he, sick he pulled up at like with like a hat on and like a face mask and stuff. yeah <laughs> that's funny as hell yeah that's sick yeah. yeah. Do you think you could take a – I know he's like a – what is he, a blue belt? Zuckerberg? Yeah. I think he's, he's a white a belt. belt still. Oh, is he still a white is, belt? Is he a blue belt? Well, if he, either way. If yeah. you're not, not, he wouldn't big. go up uh, too well against Butter Smooth, though. Probably not. That's yeah. okay, though. It's all part of the It's all, all part of the journey. You know, it's what's, like your, uh, what's your um, – what do you think about who, – who's like the big Nogi um, jujitsu guy who's on Instagram? I follow Gordon him. Ryan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about him, man? I, I know mean, he, uh, he's had some like health issues and stuff. Yeah, so he's going through something recently. I haven't been following it too much. And it's also, I think, his – uh, transition off of all the boom boom too so yeah. that like doesn't it, it like hurts your body a little bit i think it was actually something unrelated to the boom boom and then also he pulled off all of that and his body just shrunk completely have you ever taken any like steroids or anything nothing like that, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, i saw actually your thing your whole thing is like a natural bodybuilder it's yeah. like what you want to grow that's pretty cool yeah man yeah, yeah I, uh, I love bodybuilding bro I, that's yeah. like the first thing that i got into yeah just because i grew up like you know skinny and stuff and yeah. I, I played football and i was always like a skinny kid so okay nice for me like wanted to uh, you know get get bigger and uh look yeah. better that that's always like that's kind of what started me off with fitness but, that's really cool but yeah man i wanted to kind of transition to something a little different so it's really cool to, get nice. to talk to somebody like you who's, yeah who's um you know so far ahead you know uh, what i mean oh thank you yeah that's cool so like uh is there any particular reason like i know my reasons why i would never take boom boom but like is there any particular reason or like what's your reasoning for just staying natural and all that it might be something i would do when i got a little older yeah like um, how old mm, that's a good question. Maybe like in my forties. Okay, yeah. I don't know, I've always said like in my f- or like forties, mid forties, I might start taking testosterone or something. But yeah, yeah. Just because you gotta weigh the risk and rewards. Yeah. You know what I mean. And mm-hmm. for me, I don't really see too much of a benefit like doing it right I, I now. Yeah, I don't. When I don't your body's really, at your natural peak. Exactly, yeah. bro. And I don't really have any desire to like compete on stage for like yeah. bodybuilding or anything like that yep um and longevity is like i feel like it's always the most important thing yeah no you know that's I mean? yeah it's very good yeah it's very good to have that foresight too because you can like fuck up your body permanently by having for in exchange for having a sick six months or yeah. like a sick one year of just being yoked it's it's not worth it in my yeah. opinion yeah and it's like I heard somebody say this before, but they were like, you're going to be older a lot longer than you're going to be younger. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, that's a good point. Kind of keeping that in mind as far as, you know, longevity and stuff like that. But yeah, I've definitely, it's always like, I've always considered it, you know, like one Mm -hmm. day doing it. But um, 
But yeah, man, what, what's some advice you would give to somebody who, like myself who's just like getting started in jujitsu and, mm-hmm. and things like that? What would you kind of say if someone is maybe wanting to do it or just started? Yeah. How, as far as like, you know, get advice to get to the black brown belt or black mm-hmm. belt, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, first off, just like show up. Uh, and if, if you've just started, just keep showing up. That's going to be so much of it right there. And then also to try to have like a intelligent approach to it. Like, one thing that I feel like people that are transitioning from, like, white to blue belt often have trouble with is that they need to be shown every single technique, which, don't get me wrong, you probably shouldn't be doing things that, like, you're completely unsure of. But at the same time, it's not like jujitsu was handed down from the gods. It was created by men like us. And so often in certain positions, you can kind of think of, like, okay, what's my goal here? Where am I trying to go to? Like, where could, like, I put this foot that may give me, like, additional leverage or, you know, just use the techniques that you're being shown, but also try to like be really present and think through each particular position. I think you'll advance quicker that way than if you have to be shown every single technique or have to be shown the each detail to every single technique too, because you can be shown how to do something. And then, you know, you take six, seven years to perfect that one technique because there's so many different details and minor details throughout it. So like, as long as you can continue to think and it also goes to like whoever your coach is as well, because I think that's maybe one of the problems with jujitsu in general right now is that we often teach particular techniques rather than um, without teaching the concept of why we're trying to do this or why this works. I think that is something that like us as jujitsu teachers could do a little bit better at. And like it's also something the sport's trying to figure out too. Like the sport is very, very young. Uh, comparatively to most other sports. So, like, there's certain people, like John Danaher, who has made incredible waves throughout the jiu-jitsu community as such, like, an intelligent jiu-jitsu mind. And his students have had such massive success, like, uh, disproportionately to every single other school. So there's something that they're doing that is that we should all take heed and listen to and really just, you know, fucking copy their shit, <laughs> you know, because it's just, and it's all out there. It's not like it's, you know, copying in a nefarious way. They have instructionals on every single thing that they do. So I think just, uh, you know, modeling ourselves off of what the gold standard is currently, and then the gold standard will raise we'll figure out better ways to do things. But right now, like, uh, I think it was this last ADCC, maybe it was the one before, that they did, like, a study, or not even a study, but just, like, a spreadsheet of, like, every competitor uh, that that competed in ADCC, the school that they went to, and how many submissions that they got. The Danaher Death Squad had something, I don't know the exact numbers, but say the Danaher Death Squad had 15 submissions, like, uh, between everyone there. The second school that had the most submissions was like three or something like they were submitting people at a disproportionately higher number like so far above anyone else and so they're obviously doing something correct i think we should like you know really pay attention to what they're doing yeah absolutely bro mm-hmm. um who, who are some of your favorite mma fighters do you do you follow ufc a lot or yeah or not really mm-hmm. yeah i mean my favorites kind of transition as like things are happening right. and i also like people's careers uh, a lot too more so than necessarily them like you know, uh, like I, I, there's there's a ton of people that I that I really respect. Like you know, Habib has has had a really cool career. I wish he would have stuck it out longer, but he's had a really profess- impressive career. Like Charles Oliveira, I love right now too. I mean, he just had a dominant performance last last week. That was he's just a big insane. grappler, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a real big grappler. I mean, just super exciting, extremely good MMA jujitsu too. That's okay. one thing that we were talking about, like kind of the difference. And he's someone that can absolutely implement what his goals are in in an MMA setting, which is really impressive. Okay, who, you who do you uh? 
Who do you think is like the GOAT? The GOAT? Yes. Um, John Jones? John Jones, I think, is like, it's hard to say he's not, although he does have the asterisks of like the steroids and this. Although at the younger years, I think a lot of them, you know, or, or all of them were, were just juiced to the gills. So yeah. it's hard to say. John has just had so many just dominant performances that it's hard to say that he's not. George St. Pierre is probably really high up there. Demetrius Johnson is probably really high up there. So uh, those are probably some of the top three without. Who do you got in this? Uh Local MMA, local UFC fighter. Who you got uh, in this next fight with um, Sugar Sean and was Aljo Sterling? Oh, and Aljo. You know that'll be a really good one. I, I like uh, I like Sugar Sean a lot. He's a cool guy. I trained at his gym. You know, I have a number of times, and so that's really cool. Aljo has been really impressing me too, as far as how he's been doing. Like he was getting worked by Pieter Jan in that fight that he got that illegal knee, and so that was like, okay, well, you know, he doesn't really deserve the championship. And then now, since having the belt, I think he's defended it like three times or something, including against Pieter. So I mean, it's been really impressive what he's doing. I, I'm just really excited to see what what will happen. To be honest, yeah, it's I'm excited to, to watch that fight, bro. Yeah, um, let's see here. That's pretty much all I got, man, for this uh, for the podcast this week. I appreciate you coming sure. out here, man. It's been, okay, it's been cool to cool to meet up with you, bro. Um, what are yeah. some goals that you got for the future as far as butter smooth and, and everything mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, um, you know, I uh, I just want to continue to grow the page a lot. I want to continue to grow the the competition. I have. Just actually announced. I haven't announced yet, but I've set a date for the next one. It's going to be September 16th uh, in Chandler, Arizona. We're going to do the BSFC2. I'm super excited about that, and hopefully, eventually, I'm going to have BSFC200. So, you know, my goal is just to take that to where, to wherever it will be taken, and just you know try to keep giving love and attention to it, and then try to put on the best tournaments that I possibly can, and provide a good platform for athletes and and do all that so. have you ever thought about starting a podcast with butter smooth dude i'm going to so it's not going to be the butter smooth podcast but i'm going to start a podcast i've been i've got other things just with work that i've been going through that i've been taking up a lot of my time but as soon as i set up the bank account i'm gonna uh start buying the shit that i need and honestly your stuff has given me a lot of ideas too like Thanks, bro. i like how it's like fucking portable too and you could do it anywhere yeah that's, and, that was kind of the goal of mine is uh make it really really portable really small yeah. and i'm gonna continue to upgrade it but yeah no that's it, really cool too and it's like a solid basis too to start doing it like the look of the mics are these microphones too right here? Uh, this is just like the audio recorder, and then I set it up here on the on the mics, and then nice. you got the cameras right here, and I'm gonna okay. sync up the cameras with the audio. Oh, and then, badass! And then yeah, so I'll I'll do that. You should, you definitely should, bro. You, I think you'd be really good at it. And oh, I think thank you, you. I think you'd really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll have you on for sure. Yeah, when I bro. Do. Yeah, yeah I, I would definitely enjoy that. Um, yeah. What's your advice? I mean, would you say like jujitsu and all this is like like a big passion of yours in life? I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. You, you you do other stuff outside of jujitsu, right? You're in, you're in real estate and stuff like that. Yeah. So my like my work is commercial real estate it's what i do for my day-to-day but you know i've i had this idea to start the uh the buttersmooth fight club it wasn't called that at the time but i started a jiu-jitsu tournament about a year ago and then about nine months ago i committed to the decision to make it happen and i've been just taking steps to making it happen and then you know i've been really putting a lot of love and attention especially to this first one and it went so well like i'm just going to continue to you know pour love into it and fucking what's you know, what's some of your advice bro for like I mean, how is how is like doing all this affected your life? Like, how has it benefited you as far as like really diving into the jujitsu stuff? You know what I mean? It's so sick. Like, as far as the competition, diving into it, like it's been like there's uh, a Terrence McKenna quote, which I don't. uh, It's like a pretty long one. You want to play it? Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, Yeah, we can, we can, uh, we can. uh, Yeah, let's play it, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'll just play it into the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn these lights on real quick. Okay, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and play it, bro. I'm interested. I'm actually. 
I've uh I've listened to Terrence McKenna quite a bit. Yeah. Um, definitely got some interesting stuff. Oh, to cool. Say yeah, sure. he's he's got some cool stuff for sure. Are you so, go ahead? Uh, so this is like a, a girl who's reading his quote. So it's not like actually uh, actually him, but this is something that like I posted right after the tournament that like I fucking really resonates with me. I'll play it this way so you can see the <laughs> the thing. Terrence McKenna quote, nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold, this is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. That's awesome. Yeah, it's sick. And honestly, it's like that very last quote. If anything, that's that's what uh, the last bit of that quote. That's like what this doing this Buttersmooth Fight Club has taught, has taught me. It's that like, dude, hurling yourself into the abyss and it fucking seems super scary. And it's like, I don't know what's on the other side of that. And discovering it's a fucking feather bed. Like it's the nature wants you to do the impossible like nature wants you to take those risks and make shit happen and it just bends in a way to move out get out of your way and help you make shit happen like the the whole beginning of the quote is that nature loves courage and you know it's just uh, that's one thing that is that this is Tommy because during the process of figuring it out it's been so nerve-wracking and like yeah, I'm unsure if I'm even going to be able to host it there's a million things that happened that would that threatened my ability to host it at all I thought so many times like fuck it would just be so much easier not to do this <laughs> just to like fucking continue doing my normal day-to-day life like I'm it's an extracurricular activity I'm not I'm losing a lot of money doing it um it's a lot of time and attention away from my work and I'm doing it anyways and fucking it went so well it went more better than i could have ever imagined and uh i'm i just know i can continue to make it better too and so i'm gonna keep fucking putting love and attention to it and making it happen i love that bro um yeah i'm, I'm also a big terrence mckenna fan i I've yeah. read, have you ever read like napoleon hill or anything like that um i haven't i'm so interested in the, him oh no what, uh like what what's his big one rich well, yeah, think and get rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have, so I there's have um, one thing you just said that kind of reminded me of it is one of the big things that he talks about, and also there's an author called uh, Wallace Waddles. Mm-hmm. He, he's written like the big, like probably my favorite book, the most impactful book I've ever read, which is The Science of Getting Rich. Mm, okay, yeah. And they both talk about a similar thing, and it's called definiteness of purpose. Mm, and okay. it's basically you kind of brought it up just there, um, kind of reminded me of it. But they talk mm-hmm. about having like a, a goal and a vision yeah. and an idea and just going all in on it and yeah. like having absolutely no backup plan and yeah. just, and just fucking def- sending it. De- yeah, exactly. Sending it. Yeah. Full send, bro. Full yeah. send, baby. <laughs> Basically just having like a, a purpose that you just won't waver on. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, they talk about that as well. They say like the universe will, basically bend to your you know yeah. your vision and your goal and exactly and i kind of i kind of believe in that too man as far mm-hmm. as like i don't think uh i don't think human beings are meant to just chop wood and carry water so to speak i yeah. don't think human beings are meant to just like mm-hmm. uh just have like a job and then yeah just, i think there's more to life yeah we're creators that. we are like as as people yeah bro you know? um i've talked about this a little bit um on my podcast but um for me i got to a point in my life where you know, I was hitting the gym, I had a job, I was doing all the right things, taking mm-hmm. care of myself, uh, personal development, all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was like, man, I don't really create anything, you know, yeah. like I don't really have that kind of purpose in my life. Hmm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just trying to do different things as far yeah. as the podcast, as far That's as, cool. you know, trying to do different creative aspects, yeah. creative things, creative endeavors. I yeah. think it's, um, 
it gives you like a, a deeper meaning in life you for know? sure totally and part of it's just like starting and fucking trying something you know and then like you'll create purpose or find what that purpose is like as things develop in it in itself you know like when i very first started jujitsu this was like the this wasn't even a thought of like starting a jujitsu competition but it's just evolved and, and done it and fucking good on you on like starting a podcast and just like sending it on yourself and just like doing shit that's like you think is fun and it's gonna be cool and yeah. you know fuck it if you get like three views the first couple videos you know I, I saw something uh that was that was really resonated too that i reposted a, a while ago that was like everything's everything is corny until it works it's corny you know posting on youtube and getting no views until something goes viral it's corny uh in the gym posting your workouts until you get fucking yoked it's always corny until it's until you've got results you know facts bro yeah it's, um <clears throat> it's kind of like I had an analogy that I thought about. It's kind of like planting, uh, planting for for flowers. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. have to put the seeds in the in the ground. Yeah. And there's not gonna be any flowers for a period yeah. of time, and it's you're just gonna be watering dirt. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, flowers sprout. Exactly. Like, I feel like very few people are willing to kind of take that first step. You know for what sure. I mean? It's like yeah. putting in work in something and not really knowing yeah. if it's going to and getting to Yeah, and getting past that first, like, awkward pe- p- like point where you're unsure and, like, you know, for before you can become a master, you have to be a fool first. And that's, like, with jiu-jitsu. You know, you got to just, like, stumble over and over until you can finally, like, get figure out how to do it. And it's in any de- endeavor of life. They, if you want to get good at something, you're going to suck when you first start. So you got to get uh, good at getting past that point of sucking and then and that's the only way to get good at anything. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, I salute you on everything that you're doing, and I, I definitely look forward to seeing the podcast emerge. I think you, Thank I you. Think you would really be good at it, and I would definitely say you should, you should definitely do that. Hell yeah, thanks. I'd love to have you on when I do do it. Yeah, especially with like the jujitsu world. I think having on like different athletes mm-hmm. and like kind of tying that in with your competition sure and stuff yeah like that, that'd be really cool absolutely yeah i'm gonna uh i'm gonna call it no credentials i've like started the youtube page i just haven't posted anything on it yet okay but uh i'm just gonna basically talk about everything i want because like jujitsu i love so much but it's also just one aspect of my life so i want to just talk about like chop it up on it with everything and, and anything and anyone yeah so. yeah man for sure bro i definitely love to have you on again yeah. Uh, like you said, I know jiu is probably just a little sliver of your life, mm-hmm. so I'm sure there's a lot more that we could dive into. But for sure. Yeah, I appreciate you meeting me up, bro. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I look forward to seeing everything uh, emerge in your life, man. So, Hell yeah. Thank, thank you, bro. bro. Yeah, I appreciate this is episode 38 of The Real Fit Podcast. We'll be back next week. Much love as always. Peace out. Let's go. Trying to keep it real. Climbing up the hill. Trying to get a deal. Trying to get a meal. Hungry on the beat. Hungry so I eat. And I don't know the feet. I only know the heat. I only know the grind. I only know the sweet. Yo, I miss sweat. I only know the best. That's up on my chest. I only know the reps. I only know what's next. Nothing more, nothing less. Watch a minute.